This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This is Ryan Walker Page. And honey, you are listening to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Fuck my whole what day is it? And it's Jimmy Fowley today. So say hi. Forever. Dog. First choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Sloppy seconds. Oh, Diva. Our number is 213 oh, Okay, 9180. Wow. Now on with the show. How you slap you, stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks. It's me, Meatball, and that's Big Dipper, and welcome to Big Dipper and Meatball Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Now, before we started recording, I said I got a random text message, and I've said this before, where I'll just be sitting around doing something, and I'll get a text message from an unsaved number that's like, make me gape, dad, or like, just some horrifically sexual thing. And Meatball goes, yeah, I just got a phone call from someone who says... Hey, is this you? I had you saved in here from Growler. Then Meatball tells me he had a sexy time name that wasn't I had a his sex real time name. name, so that people couldn't figure out who I really was. So they and like... and a club name. And, yes, and when I lived in, did you know I lived in New York? I, when I lived in New York and I was partying in the Lower East Side eating meatball subs and pizza, I had a fake name and I would go by Paul at the club, so that people like I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, we're gonna get why. we're gonna get into more of this, but uh, we have a guest waiting, so let's get but to my, our guest. My sex name was Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing writer, comedian, actor. I would argue, model, creative force. Uh, <laughs> Harry someone, Bradshaw impersonator. Someone that I have looked up to. Um, it's long before moving here. I was watching your content online, and then. Found out we had uh, friends of friends and connected. Uh, so I'm very happy that you've come to talk to us on the show. Make some noise for Jimmy Fowley! Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. You're Hello. Dipper, I, didn't know, I didn't know that you'd like, watched video, my videos before. You yeah. played it off so cool. Yeah. We both totally. have. I, I watched I your series where you were a go-go dancer because I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And that's what I thought like all go-go's were like. And then I moved here and I was like, no, they're all just OnlyFans gays. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, if we did that series now, that would actually be a big storyline. <laughs> yeah. One would one would argue that the uh, go-go boy culture has changed and evolved over time. But so let's get let's get into it. So, Jimmy, you are 
a very funny person who mm-hmm. uh, doesn't just wait around for an opportunity to tell a joke, but creates a lane for yourself <laughs> to do so. <laughs> and one of the things that a lot of people, like we were saying, like knew, first knew about you was in 2014, you created a series called Go, Go, Boy Interrupted. Is this correct? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> I actually... I was a go-go dancer like when I first moved to LA and it's kind of funny because I feel more of a bond you know obviously like I'm in the comedy world but I really came up with you know club promoters go-go dancers drag queens like that's kind of how I feel like my uh I learned about LA and a lot of the people I knew and then I got involved in the groundlings and started doing sketch comedy and then I ended up getting cut from the Groundlings after a year and a half oh, of harsh. Sunday Company, which is super harsh, but it's very common. It's very uh, common. Okay. Um, but because um, it's the cut program, so at different levels, you know, they might say, okay, you're done. And after I did, um, after I got cut, I, I was just one, so one track mind doing the Groundlings. And then I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll do my own thing and tell my own story. So I just wrote the series and put it on YouTube and yeah, it was just like a really, really um, fun experience and just helped me so much in terms of just, you know, getting new opportunities and getting to share like my sense of humor with people. So. Yeah. It was like, it was like a big thing. A lot of people were talking about it. And it was in 2014. It was like that, that time early enough on in YouTube. I mean, it's so funny. I just texted a friend of mine. um, You both know her tn um and i was like ah, when are I we gonna TN. i was like when are we gonna write that web series we've been talking about and it <laughs> kind of felt it kind of felt like like what i'm gonna start working on a web series like what's even happening but <laughs> but in 2014 it was like that that you were really still like pioneering that space like people yeah. you know People, it, it was still like a new thing, and so it really caught a lot of fire. I remember everyone was talking Thank about uh, that that series. That's that. You know, it's funny though because when I was gonna make it, I remember sharing with this other friend, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna like film a, a web series," and he was like, "A web series? Okay, great. That's never been done before." Like oh, actually, because it had been long enough where it felt like the YouTube, you know. And web series, like making a web series, is such a cliche. Um, LA, because you're like, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's n- but a- now the new making a web series is like, I'm gonna start a podcast. So it's full circle, girl. Yeah, it's Look it changes at all of us <laughs> right here. Or like now, I feel like TikTok. It's like I still, oh. you know, create videos, and I'm like, why am I putting so much time and effort into this when the stuff that people want is a rough around the edges, straight to camera, thirty second rant hot take hot take on bagels and cream cheese i I think about this all the time because i work so hard on my music videos and Mm -hmm. i used to say this all the time because i would make you know my music videos and they would have like uh i don't know Fifty thousand views, a hundred thousand views, and people be like, "Wow, that thing has gone viral." I'm like, "Truly, it hasn't." And what goes viral is like a baby sneezing, yeah. and everyone goes like, "Wow, it has like fifty million views." It's so cute, and I'm like, "Blood, sweat, and tears, and all my savings went into this like music video that I think is like a brilliant piece of work, and it just like sits on YouTube, and you're like, is anyone even looking at it?" Yeah. So I think at a certain point, especially with like making stuff for yourself, it 
it has to be that thing where it's like, there's no other option. You can't sit alone at home and just tell the jokes in the text message to your friend or like be like, that would be funny. Nah, too bad I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. It, like, <laughs> it becomes the thing where it's like, if you don't do it, it's going to drive you crazy. So you yeah. just have to keep going and keep doing it. Totally. And I think sometimes you feel kind of precious or some people feel precious. Like, oh, I want to mm-hmm. save this for right. when I sell a show or when I, this, and, and I think that, you know, that definitely has its place. And like, but I think there's a, a balance where you're like putting stuff out, but then also have a bigger picture of, you know, a show that you want to write, but it's funny because my, I have this friend, Katie O'Brien, and she had a show that had three seasons on, um, TV land, which like, you know, no one cares about TV land. I don't even think it But it's literally anymore, but a cable channel. It's yeah, like on it's, television. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like you are. That's what's so TV crazy making. about TV is like people can have entire TV shows and people are like, what show, what channel? Anyways, yeah, but totally. Right. Oh, so, but I, when I was making Go-Go Boy, I had filmed all the stuff, but I wasn't sure if I was going to put it online or try to shop it around. And she, at that point, had already sold her show, Teachers. She goes, look, people are going to go back and forth. Should we share it? Should we not share it? She's like, just put it out there. Yeah. And it, it really does get a life of its own. And then people can, you know, see it and then have talks about moving it into a different because um, it, it, it shows like, oh, the people enjoy this, you know? Well, people talk about that all the time. Like, like wasn't web... it, um, oh, what? wasn't it uh, Broad City that started as like a very short yeah. web series yeah. and then it got like optured into a show? So like, yeah, I feel like and that can they... happen with anything you put out there as long as the character is strong enough. And yeah. they often take elements from the web series and bring them, recycle them back into the show because you're like, that's the heart of it. We're just bringing it to a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, so. so something you said when we first when we first started, you said you came up more with drag queens and go-go dancers and club and that kind of thing. Meatball and I talk about this all the time because to people who are in the club scene, they'll like listen to our podcast or like, come to a show that we're hosting or do something and be like, wow, you guys are funny. Like that's so, you know, like that's so like different and unique. And then we like try to do like comedy things and they're like, Oh, it's just like party (laughs) and do nightlife stuff. Like they feel like this like weird separate world. And I feel so entrenched in this. Like all I know are DJs, drag Queens, go-go dancers and like club promoters. And I feel like I want to know comedians, but do comedians even go out to parties <laughs> with each uh, other, and then they do a lot of bits. There's just a lot just of bits, bits all in night. the green room, sitting on and a then I, I gotta go. Yeah, it's so funny. Like I'm, I got this job that's gonna take me out for like six weeks, and I was Ooh. up for this other. Yeah, and I want to tell you guys all about, but I signed an NDA. So is this one- okay, here's but- one thing my lawyer <laughs> taught me: you don't ever have to sign the NDA. You can return it to them unsigned because what are they going to do? What are they not give you the job, girl? No, they can't not do that. Once you've signed the actual contract, you're in. Oh, okay. So when you, you, so speaking of like you, you, you wear a lot of different hats. What you, 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 you're watching me try to get to a point. (laughs) You wear a lot of different hats. And as an actor, sometimes you have to do that. And okay. So we have a friend who's a drag queen who is like a, um, behind the scenes, like a rotted, filthy, sexual, funny, disgusting person. But she keeps curving us and won't come on the podcast because oh, her, yeah. her front-facing 
uh, persona is very like kid friendly and kid family friendly. friendly. She makes very a lot Disney of money Plus. like that. Are you talking about? Well, you we'll bleep it. it but did you feel any pressure when you were on like the Disney Channel show Bizarre Mark to like not <laughs> post anything? Yeah. I've heard from other guys that like. When they're promoting certain things, like uh, their their account managers will be like, you have to take down any speedo pictures. You, you have can't to take do down any, shirtless pictures. Um, yeah. Cure for yeah. men promo. Yeah. Did yeah, you feel I, like that? I, I ha- not only did I feel like that, that was my reality where I got in trouble for something I posted and they made me take it down. And, and girl, were they really paying you that much money on Bizarre Dvarks to do some bit parts? Or maybe they were. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was making... I mean, I was making... I don't know, like whatever the SAG weekly right. amount was to be re- reoccurring. Like it was like my first reoccurring role. So I was like, I don't know, like five, four or five grand a week. Okay. Um, yeah. But that just so seems like I, an I, overreach I rich, to be like, but... you as an adult man can't post things on your own personal social media because you There's worked for so... us for four weeks or whatever. Yeah. It, well, it was during that time period where I was actually on the show and my character got written off the show uh-huh. with no oh. explanation they never ever said like why my so my character was an assistant to a 12 year old girl which already was so fucking weird do you know how weird it is to be interacting with children like i was a 30 year old man there was this one scene i had a i was creating a tuxedo for um one of the characters uh, like a like an eight-year-old boy and i'm like taking his measurements in the scene and like the director was like all right so you're gonna do this and he's like and, and nothing below the waist nothing below the waist oh! I'm like, what i'm like i'm over here it's so uncomfortable as it is you got i did not like like you guys wrote this character to be this weird 30 year old man who chills with these children <laughs> and i'm already in my head hating the vibe so was there was any like so selfies weird. with the children backstage were they like fun and friendly or were they also like they that guy's cool. old they were like fun. i think they were just kind of like it was just um i was definitely an an adult and they were like children and so when we would even eat lunch like i just felt like it, like i remember this one like the little boy was like this is my voice on this video game and like showed me and I'm like, oh cool and then they like just talked about like you know whatever kids talk about and then I, I think at one point I just sat with the parents it, it, it's such like a war stories thing that that from acting gigs everyone has these like wild wild you know like experiences one of my favorite YouTube videos that you have made is oh. which I feel like I feel like encapsulates this idea of like the kind of experiences or the kind of people you meet. Cause there are so many different people who like their goal is to be in entertainment um, is your um, white people, uh, white improv? people doing improv. <laughs> yes! for, those, for those of you listening, I, this video you have to go watch it. It seems is insane. All Jimmy. I, <laughs> There's no one else in it. It's all green screen. It's so well done. And it's Jimmy playing what? 20, 15, 20 different characters. And it's like all the types of people that you find in an improv class. It is, it is like spot high on. art. To me. It is also spot on. Cause when I was watching it, I was like, yep, I know that person. I know that yes. person. It was so weird. How do you, I mean, did you just come up with that because you were in improv for yeah. so long? What does oh, that totally seem like? 
The scene is especially just very, as a like, gay man. <laughs> the scene is very much well. So I actually was teaching improv at Groundlings. I haven't taught since the pandemic and like I got a writing job. So I just, and then, you know, they've just been teaching classes online. Right. Which oh I haven't my done. God. Yeah. I can't even imagine how dark that is, you know? <laughs> um, but I, zip. you, I, so, yeah. And there, there's <laughs> a lag. And so I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I, ha- I have friends who are doing it. And I have nothing but respect because it's just, it does not seem like an easy gig. And I actually miss teaching because it is super fun. I love like encouraging people. And, but um, I started realizing when I taught that um, there was always the same type of people, like every class, every class, it was, it was like such a cliche. Um, And like in the, um, in the video, I haven't like wa- watched it in a long time, but I know like I did like, you know, the straight guy who's like trying to do be a model and he's aggressively unfunny. And there's like, um, the you know, the girl. girl who's always in nightclub attire. Yes, <laughs> totally. Thank you for because I, I, It was shocking because I'm like, there would always be a girl who was stunning, did not speak English. And that's not a judgment. It was, it's just a fact. She couldn't, speak English and she was in heels and a, and, a, and a dress and I was like you see one and you're like oh that's insane when you start seeing that type every <laughs> single class it's, it's so weird I um, if I remember like I took a couple classes at the Groundlings and you know it's such did a you different... like it well I moved we we've had a lot of conversations on this podcast in the past I like you know I took some UCB classes and sort of popped off a little bit on those classes but I remember like I I went to when I moved out here I was grown already. I was in my 30s. Yeah, I must have grown. You were th- old. I was old, right? So I'm like 32, 33 years old taking classes with 22-year-olds, 19-year-olds, right? And they're so eager and they have just yeah. you know, they haven't had any experiences yet. And so on oftentimes I would have to do exactly what the teacher did during the break, which is just leave the classroom because that 10 minute or 15 minute period of the break, when everyone is like day one, they're kind of quiet and asking, where did you park? Where did you park? And, you know, make it small time. <laughs> and then by class two, they're like, Oh, do you have an agent? Did you go on this audition? I'm going to this mixer. I'm doing this networking thing. And of course it's like, God bless you. Like, that's the whole point. If you're trying to start a career, that's what you mm-hmm. need to do. You need to meet people. You need to figure it out. But it's one of those things where it's like, I was so busy working and then I would have yeah. to like leave a gig to like scramble to get to my improv class and then like go home to do a thing. And they're all like, this is the big thing of their week every week. And so hearing people have those conversations, I don't know, maybe I'm just jaded, but that's why I love that video so much because I also love the thing of you can be in an improv class and there's the person who it is their sole focus in life to become a comedic actor and be on TV and be a sitcom. And then the guy who is trying to get out of his shell, it was his New Year's yeah. resolution to like do something uh-huh. quirky and out of the box. Yeah. It and is. those two people coming together is so funny because it's oftentimes – well, maybe not, but occasionally it's extra funny when the quirky guy who's trying to get out of the box is way better. Oh, totally. Than the person oh, yeah. who is That's like dedicated. Yeah. I just can't even tell you guys how many times someone who is really, this is their dream, 
just really closes up because the whole point of improv is like you just fuck around yeah. you just like you get silly you say the first thing that comes and and the people who feel like there's no stakes are having the time of their life and the people who especially like i said with groundlings like you are it's an it's a program that you that leads you to perform on the stage so like right. a lot of people who have gone on snl from the groundlings that was their thing they took a class every famous person from groundlings has taken that level one class like right will, will ferrell melissa mccarthy kristen wig so it's kind of like an equalizer because i think a lot of people are like oh that could be me when of course like we all know it's like you just have to hustle and do your thing yeah and right like like but yeah i've definitely noticed that that's so fun. Um, we're right, going to take, a, gonna quick take break. a break. We're going to take a quick break. You do it, Meatball. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more. <laughs> Goodbye. I love that. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor Meals, I'm like, oh baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. And I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this so is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet main meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. And we're back. Jimmy. Have you I ever seen Wicked? Uh-oh. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I was listening to your podcast that you released today, and I was dying laughing. Oh, no. Oh. Why? What happened? It was just oh, we're talking about Uvu Have Java. you ever been to Uvu Java? Uvu yeah, that that was making me laugh. Like, um, just like hearing your recounting, being back at a precinct and losing oh your God. voice. And, and then, of course, you did it like a deep dive into All Stars. And I was like, oh, I'm still wanting to weigh in on this. But I know that you guys kind of covered it all. Oh, no. I'll take your opinion. Do you think that Jan should have won? Jan should have won the (laughs) talent show. Here's here's my thing on Jan. Uh oh! I, I Uh-oh. feel like she's actually listening. Saw... She's on the call. So no, she does not listen. She re- <laughs> she's listening. She's, she's one on of those people. She's one of those people that we had. We invited, and then like quickly, she was like, "Ooh, production won't let me." Oh God, I can't. Yeah, she like said yes, and then immediately her contract started and was like, "Ooh, can't do it. Sorry, can't do it. Sorry, bye." Why? Because of um, All Stars, or because she just bailed? No, season no, twelve. I, I think season twelve. We were gonna have her on before. Before, like before they announced she was on the cast and basically oh god that would have been so cool after they're done filming they're basically free to do anything they just can't tell anyone that they're on the show but the moment it's announced that they're on the show every single press thing that well, they do they're not allowed to do everything they have to ask production even after they filmed once filming is over they still have to get production's permission to do it. Uh, I was so under the impression, psycho. well, anyhow, especially once they're announced that they're a part of the franchise, everything has to be approved. A lot of stuff does get approved. Like, if they say, hey, I really want to do this podcast, they'll say, like, yeah, we just need to listen to it. We need to make sure you didn't give things away. But there's, like, a lot of, you know, bizarre vark anyway, kind of Anyway, Jan should have won. Through. What's your thing Tell about Jan? Tell us about Jan. Jan. Oh, just real quickly, like, Jan, I think re- I really did not vibe with her on her original season. Wow. But I think it's because she reminds me of things I don't like about myself. Like, yeah. the overeager. Like, she was just like the good student and the cheerleader. And it was like, it's almost like that toxic positivity where everything's so great. And then she like cracked. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but this is what I'm going to say. So I, that's more on me and not, not a read on her. <laughs> but I feel like I feel the same way about her for sure. Yeah. She, you, you definitely see like. Well, we said it. She gives off cheerleader vibes. She gives off like the girl that's in musical theater that always yeah. doesn't get the lead. <laughs> that's her narrative. Yeah. But that's I thought she was. Oh, I guess Rose is the lead of their girl group. I, no, Jan I is the lead. Jan is I way better than Rose, but Jan, sorry, sorry, I'm not sure if you guys are friends with Rose, but Jan, they're all listening and Laguna. They're all on this phone. Okay, that, oh, so all I was gonna say about Jan is, I think she's damned this whole season because you can tell pr- producers have decided what edit she's gonna get, <laughs> and so like her performance. I mean, that song was. I mean, what I, I was with my boyfriend and we were listening to again after brag. the show. And I was like, the, brag that I'm in a relationship. And I was like, um, I was listening to it and I was like, this is a bop. And my boyfriend mm-hmm. was like, this, my boyfriend was like, this is noisy. <gasps> Which I thought was so funny. It but is I, though. It's noisy. Yeah. But I thought it was good. And um, there's not even one comment about her doing good. And then then there's all this you know, she, they just keep showing stuff that you know out of context is not that bad. Like, for example, when she gets really um, talking about, is she the trait of the season? 
I could right. feel like they, they cut it right before she was doing an impression of other people. Mm-hmm. And then the producers m- made it seem like Jan was thinking she was the trade of the season. When she was like joking was like, around. Yeah, she was clearly joking. And then there's like a comment on it. So you can already tell. And oh, you said it on the podcast. Her reads were really bad, but they all read each other. And you know, there's a ton of flops. Yeah. So ton of flops. well yeah that's why they only they go down the line they read each girl yeah. but they when only show two of each person so they get to, to pick if it's the good or the bad that silky was at the top for sitting there playing the piano singing this little little line jan wailed on an original jan to see but anyhow she let's talk about your notes. drag yeah. jimmy because My you dad. play a ton of characters who yes. are female characters and mm-hmm. you do this like really unique form of drag because for you, you're not getting it's into ugly. <laughs> it's a very unique. It's, it's very, very you. unique. It's you very like, work um, with your own features. Right. Yeah. No, you're not you're not getting into drag and then doing a sketch. You're doing a sketch and costuming yourself as a character. So yeah. you don't do the things that drag queens do, which is like you don't block out your brows, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You don't put on body and hip pads. You just use your body and put the regular accoutrement that 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 character would wear, but I will and say you do look a lot like Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, oh, it's very yeah. strange it's, how it's quickly spooky. that changes. Um, do you have you thought about sort of upping the costuming, or you like? I don't think you should, but I'm just curious about your process. Like seems when like you, you do. Play, no, I'm just curious about the thought process because I think it's pitch perfect. Thank you. Well, here's what's scary. In my mind, I have upped the costume. Process. Got it. Cool, cool, cool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, um, I yeah, like I always, I really love playing female characters. Like I like playing. I just like embodying a character, and what's fun is just the point of view of the person. Right. And I think drag is such a cool art. I have so much respect for drag queens. They have to have so many talents you know yeah from the makeup to like it's not just one thing it's so many things so i have a lot of respect um for like actual drag queens i don't really consider i just consider myself like a character actor yeah i think like i think that i um for me what like the twist isn't like oh look at this illusion it's a woman or like you know i think it's more like the essence of this person and you kind of have to get on board with the the fact that drag is like a little rough but i have thought about doing a really like high-end just character who's a woman who just seems very womanly and the makeup is flawless and like right the hair and you know because like i i also am just lazy like my wigs are just trashed like i should take you through my wig closet and Meatball, you would be just like disgusted. I have no room to judge a bad wig. Yeah, my she wigs really does it. Look at that wig behind I, like, her. Really hate- just flipped upside on my eyes. <laughs> Can I see it? <laughs> oh my God. Oh no, but that one actually looks pretty oh, nice. That's great. Oh yeah. Is that a custom hairline? Yeah, a custom hairline. For the, for the people listening, it's this beautiful platinum blonde wig with a lot of wait a lot of body body, but it's like pretty straight anyway back to your wigs when you were as carrie bradshaw when you ride that motorized scooter into a (laughs) bush bush, did that hurt how how willing are you to like hurt yourself for the joke 
I, to me, it's all about going 100%. Because if you, if people watching don't feel, like, especially for, like, a fall or a, you know, that, like, where I went full speed into the bush, the deep, my friend Paul, who was the DP, he was like, oh, I think this is going to hurt, or you might not want to go too fast. I'm like, babe, it, <laughs> we're, we're doing this at a, as fast as we can, as hard as we can, or we're not doing it. Can you imagine if I, you could see me going kind of slow and I, like, it would just be so no, lame. No, it but, needed to right. be full speed. And yeah. it was. And yeah. I had no idea. See, that I just saw the clip of the fall being shared everywhere. I, for the longest, <laughs> I kept resharing it. I had no idea it was you. And then I watched that video and I was like, oh, this is what it's from. So good. <laughs> yeah. Also, Paul is like an unsung hero. He shoots Michael Henry's videos yeah. too. And does he edit yours as well? Yeah, he's so talented. He is. I mean, he has seen more gay content than <laughs> any straight man should. It's um, so funny and how comfortable he is just like being there watching the craziest shit happen. Yeah, he is the definition of an ally. He's so great. <laughs> he's, he's so laid back. He's just also, you know, um, he's just a great person to work with. During the pandemic, you, you, you had done... You had done Sarah Jessica Parker before, or Carrie Bradshaw, right? Or- yeah, you know what? I I actually so it was funny because um, I tested for SNL before the pandemic, uh-huh. and I, and when I was making my reel, I had this impression of I think it was oh it was um who's the woman who oh god she was in the piano she won an Oscar not Anna Paquin why am I blanking on her name she she talks like this. <laughs> I don't know. You did an impression. <laughs> you did an impression of her. <laughs> you did a you did a deep dive character study of her. You, Jimmy. Did, you really did her. You don't remember her. <laughs> Holly Hunter. Holly oh, Hunter. Holly Hunter. Yes, yes, oh, sorry. yes. Okay, you I see are a Holly Hunter yes, type. Yeah. She's I in. See that. She voices the mom <laughs> in The Incredibles too. You guys, by the way, this I is so can. embarrassing. I'm literally saying I do an impression of someone and the impression is so bad. No one knows who it is. God. Um, okay, Holly yeah, Hunter. So I was going to do Holly Hunter and I came out in full drag with the wig and someone was like, that looks like Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> and then I couldn't unsee it. I was like, all right, let's just do a quick take. So I did like me typing on my computer, like looking around kind of acting like my, my take on her and sex in the city is that she's like a Muppet. She's all like slumping around, looking around, totally being cute. So I just did that, and then um, when I um, w- and then yeah, then that um, a few months later, I auditioned for SNL, and so that was my like debut of doing of the her. Carrie. Why don't, yeah. Well, I don't what think I, everyone knows, but what is like the audition process for SNL like? You have to oh like send in like a long ass reel of yourself. It's crazy. It's it's um, basically like. They they kind of have to hear about you in that in that way, and so they kind of go to the same three theaters: um, Second City in Chicago, UCB New York, and LA, and then Groundlings. Um, but anyone could submit a a video. Um, so I had showcased a couple times where I knew they'd come to the theater because they come to Groundlings every six months, so they'd oh. see me a couple times there. Yeah, and then. Um, I did a video and my friend, do you guys know Heidi Gardner? Yes. 
she is she's on the show and she and me were at Groundlings at a similar time and she was on the show and um I had shown her my tape she's like oh my god this is really good can I give it to the producers and I'm like <gasps> I was like can you imagine if I was like no thanks for asking can I can I help try to maybe get you a job no nah, yeah. I'm good I'll go through the I'm proper like, channels but um so then my age my agent was like oh they want to see you live in LA. So they had asked a bunch of different comedians to do a show, like 20 of us live in LA. Oh, wow. And then from that show, and the show was super fun and I felt really good about it. And then they picked three people from that show to go to New York. And I was one of those people. And you got to do the whole test where like, they fly you to New York, you check in at the hotel, the next day you go in, you go through hair and makeup, you sign the actual contract. So crazy. Before wow. you, you go in. That's another you... thing that happens on like TV pilots too. Yeah. When you're screen testing to maybe be on a TV show, you sign your fucking contract whether you get the job or not. That's crazy yeah. to me. Anyways, keep going. It, it's kind of a mind fuck because then you're sitting there thinking, oh, I looking got it. around 30 rock. Yeah, you think you're looking around 30 rock, you're like, okay. I could totally see myself coming here every day. <laughs> and you look at the money, you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm making this much money weekly. You know, right. start dreaming of your new apartment. Yeah. Um, and then I went in and then it's just, it's so high stakes. And I was just trying to like, I did my material to death. I had like my wigs out and I was just trying to chill. I was in, um, they keep you in the, uh, dressing room of the other actors. So mm-hmm. I was in Melissa Villasenor's room, just looking at her pictures and stuff. It was kind of weird. And then they like knock on the door and they're like, okay, Jimmy, you're on deck. And then they take you down to a different dressing room, which is where the host, it's the host dressing room. It's mm-hmm. right basically by the stage. Now, and is then, it nice? Is it big? Yeah, it's nice. Okay. Like, the lighting is really good. Um, and I was just trying to t- talk myself off the ledge. It was like, all right. Jimmy Fowley, you got, you have come too far to freak the fuck out. And I was like, I am going to walk back there and I'm going to burn the fucking house down. Like I was just like, let's do it. That's the energy I wanted to have. But then it's like, then they take you back there and you're like, I'll never forget the girl who she had just finished and she was walking by me and she was like spooked. Like her eyes were just oh, no. traumatized because it's so weird. You walk in, it's a dark room. It's all the producers, Lauren Michael in the shadows. Right. And you see that iconic stage that you've seen so many times, the lights shining down. And I get up there. And what I didn't realize is there's a mic and your voice is echoing through. Um, and it's not a lot of, like there's not a full audience to like muffle any of that sound. No. <laughs> and that was the first time I was like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. And, you know, I think it's like you guys know how it is when you perform. You just like go in there, you try to do your thing and have fun. But it's not a super fun experience because they're just sitting there like, all right, let's see what you can and do. your ha-has. Do you think it's purposefully that intense because it's a live show every week like they need to know that the person not only is funny and has the chops but they have to do it under these like wild circumstances right that's like the whole idea yeah i think they just are like they they have nothing to prove like they have turned out legends it's becoming a different beast 
Like, well, also they're not doing movies based on characters made on the yeah. show anymore. Well, they which don't was do like the huge characters. thing for Chevy Chase and stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you look at you look at what Ad Bryant did. You know, like leaving the show to then do Shrill, but also mm-hmm. staying on the show, not leaving the show, but like like using the and show to launch. Season. Yeah. Her, yeah. Do, her doing shrill and now she's like this like proven actress but she's also still on the show and you know sh- it's a different thing than like you know doing the uh what am what am i trying to think of uh the ladies man film mm-hmm. remember that yeah <laughs> Night at the roxbury film do you, do you guys remember it's pat Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Pat a lot on this spot. We love Do Pat. You? We love Miss Pat. Wait, so speaking them of Pat. them, Pat, speaking of hot takes, this is what I wanted to get to about the Carrie Bradshaw, and then we're going to take another break, is that you revealed this take on Carrie Bradshaw, which I think a lot of people have sort of had, but you crystallized it in this great way that you basically, in the pandemic, you were like, oh, Carrie is like a dumb Karen. Like at the end of the day, she's just looking out for herself. Everything about her is incredibly selfish, self-centered. And when she's inconvenienced in any way, it's like this huge dramatic episode. And so all of your, all of your um, like skits or your sketches were, you know, Karen, not little little skits, skits, your little skits that you do on the internet. Um, You know, they were like these like really, I just thought it was such a smart take that it was like, Oh, Carrie doesn't understand about like Black Lives Matter uh, protests. Like she just thinks mm-hmm. like, oh, we're well, going to brunch, right? I like, think, I, I don't think it's his take. I think that that's what she was like on the show, and everyone just like romanticized her. I that's think what I'm saying. Problematic and selfish on the show, but I had never seen it so like sort of clearly stated. Oh yeah, in she was you know, the villain. She was the villain. <laughs> I just thought it was yeah. so smart. Thank you. I I felt like, you know, you'd always hear like people were so, she was one of those characters that people loved, but then were so annoyed. I, I personally like felt like, I really like Sarah Jessica Parker as an actress. I think she's so interesting, but as Carrie, I think there is something like, just even in the zeitgeist of when we, when the pandemic happened, everyone just got such a reality check of what's important, you know? And so I think there was something funny about, you know, even just the fact that the um, sex in the city is for white women, like literally off the bat in New York, you know, like the lack of just, it's just such a specific, like disconnected once one-sided view. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's what's weird is these certain shows that we held up then 10 years down the line we watch them and we're like cringing we're like oh god you know totally. like, and, and i think that happens but um i felt like even with like the black lives matter thing like there was a lot of people who were kind of like optical allies like wanted to be at the protest wanted to talk about doing the work and then you're like, wait a minute, this is all serving them. And um, completely. I thought, it, I thought that was just interesting, like having those things where it's like, she's at a Black Lives Matter protest, but it's like inconveniencing her or she doesn't really want to ma- wear a mask because it doesn't match her outfit and she doesn't feel sick. So it was kind of easy just because the world was just changing so much and there was things that 
I felt like everyone, it was a cultural reset to be like, what is important and what kind of personalities are really not serving us, you know? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I love it. And I would encourage everyone to, I mean, you can, you have like versions of them on your Instagram, on your YouTube. And of course you have a Patreon page, but uh, if you haven't seen what we're talking about, you should definitely go watch these videos because they're hilarious. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you. Now, one quick question before we run to break. What was your time like filming Lord of the Rings? <laughs> oh my God. I really wish that was me. <laughs> How did that come about? Someone just like said that someone you looked t- like? Yeah, someone t- on Twitter was like, hey, this looks like you. And it was that like picture from the, you know, the ho- is he a hobbit? He's a troll. I think a he's troll. a hobbit. You've he's been posting hobbit. photos of this this person for I've over a year and you have no idea. You've never even posting, seen the movie? I've been posting for three years because it's the, <laughs> the photograph that I got tagged in cha- like changed my brain chemistry because it was like <laughs> such a great image. He he's like he looks so sweet. But um by the way, I know that actor now. The actor follows oh, me yeah? on really? Instagram. We we follow each other. Cause like, you know, after so many times, like I think people he's friends with kept tagging him, being like, What well, yo, this gay guy that's obsessed with you oh my god <laughs> it was a picture of this guy and like he and someone was like hey this looks like you and it was so it, it really did like i really did feel like oh my god this looks like me and it was just the perfect weird photo because i think you see the photo and you have a reaction yeah no matter who you are right that's so bad. wild All right. um okay let's take We're a break we'll be right back and we'll be right back And we're back. Wait, you never answered the question, Jimmy. Do you know Wicked? Do you know Wicked? The mu- musical? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. What's your favorite song? Great. What's your favorite song? Um, I mean, is it so? It's probably so lame to say Defying Gravity. No, but, no, that's um, the best one. That's the best one. We love it. Um, great, great choice. No, there, can oh, you- I'll. I'll, I will send you this version, this actress. I don't, I don't even know her last name, but it's Eden something. Espinosa. And, uh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, her I version. know. I know every single one. Wait, do you know, are you friends with Nick Adams? No. Nick Adams and Kyle Brown. They're like Broadway guys. No. That, um, they were in, <gasps> he, he was in the Broadway production of Wicked and the tour. And <gasps> we so got to get him as a guest. You got to get him as Nick a guest. Adams, yeah. write it down, Dipper. I, I'm I'll connect to you guys. Right now. Oh, thank you, you so much. Oh my God, you, you guys would love each other. Oh, I love he's, that. He's hilarious. He'll give you all Oh, wait. The tea. Why does he look so familiar? This is the one he looks like a... Um, oh, he was in the other two with you, right? He played oh, yeah, one of yeah. the one mm-hmm. of the influencers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he looks like God, oh. God drew him like a um, Disney character. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a prince heir. You believe in God, right? He does. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, <laughs> well, okay. That's now, speaking of all things godly, let's talk about fucking. This and is our, our next segment, segment where we... called Fuck Talk, where we talk about some fun, uncomfortable sexual experiences we've had in the past. Oh, tell us a weird go-go story where someone yeah, had a little hand. Yeah, oh. Or watching those go-go suck each other off in the back. 
Yeah, I mean, th- there was like insane stuff that happened. Like I, um, well, I got drugged one time. <gasps> what? Yeah, and I and I woke up in a motel. What? Yeah, it was, a, and I, I was like nineteen. <gasps> Isn't that so dark? That's horrifying. Yeah, you had it was both horrifying. Your kidneys. <laughs> I did. Yeah. What? And I was like, just. Did you ever like piece together what you think happened? Yeah, I I know what happened. It was actually my boss what? At, the, at the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this this was before me too. So you know what I did? I laughed it off. Oh no! Isn't no. that horrible? I just didn't. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I don't think I have like any crazy that trauma isn't... from it. I think. Oh okay. Oh, don't okay. don't you feel like with gay guys, like when something happens with us, we have a different. I don't okay. know. Have you guys had? Yes. I think like okay. I just have the so, attitude where I'm just like, well, I'm not dead. So. Two <laughs> weeks ago, two weeks ago, we had a guest on and I told a story and both Meatball and the guest reaction were, Dipper, you, you were got re- assaulted. You got assaulted. Yeah. Th- that was really bad news. And I was telling the story as like, this is wild and crazy and uncomfortable and can you believe it? But I'm fine. Like, almost as if like, Audience, Dipper went and got a no, massage. No, no, we booked cut a it out. Listen, and we, he got meatball. finger diddle. Okay, so we cut it. We cut it out because I was telling the story, and they both reacted like, "Oh my god, what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna tell? You got assaulted. This is horrible." And in my mind, I was like, "This was a wild story where the person was like wrong and stupid, but you know, at the end of the day, I was fine and it was no big deal." And I very much have that thing that you just were talking about where it's like, I think we're just sort of programmed in this way where, you know, I don't know. Like if you go to a gay bar and someone comes up and like touches you, you don't, you don't freak out, but that's because we don't have this sort of like weight of misogyny on top of us and weight Mm -hmm. of rape culture on top of us. And like all of that. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And it's also such a, it's so rooted in our culture too, yes. you know, like because we're so repressed, I feel like we really are, want to feel liberated and want to feel like, you know, we can do, do what we want. Not that we want to like uh, take advantage of each other, or rape each other. It's not that, but it's like, <laughs> I think we're, Oh my, we're, we're Jimmy, don't be, come uh, on here saying that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Because it's like, I definitely don't want that to be my message. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, because we're gay. Because it's not it's not okay. But I think we're still trying to, like, process w- what it looks like for us. Because you're right. It's different than a, a woman eh, happening to a woman. I also think that I this agree. younger generation, even five years, ten years younger than us, there is a totally different conversation happening around not only gender and sexuality, but around consent and around yep. objectification and around like sex positivity and like, you know, your bodily autonomy. Like when you talk to a 19 or 20 year old about sex, it is like t- such a different thing. And, oh yeah, uh, you know, I think especially like you said for, you know, gay men in a certain age group, like in the, like around the thirties age group, there's still a lot of that sort of like early nineties repressed sexual energy where, you you do just sort of go like, well, that was a risk I took. Whoopsie daisies, yeah. back to work. That's mm-hmm. so wild. Yeah. 
What about I, anything uh, wild and fun on a on a Because <laughs> you used to, to I mean, you used to like party and and go go dance and like do. Yeah. Like, but now you're sober. Yeah, I'm sober. I'm sober. Thirteen years. That's congratulations. On June twenty third. I don't know if you can see my tattoo. People say don't get your sobriety tattooed because if you relapse, then you have a weird number on your on your arm. But I'm oh. like. I'm like, but 13 right. years is a long time. I feel yeah. like, I feel it's going strong for you. I don't want to yeah. jinx it, you know? Oh, one thing. This is not like a sex, sexual story, but I got in a fist fight when I was drunk and broke my arm. And then I continued to go-go dance with a cast on my arm. Did like you have people sign it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did people stick money in it and then you couldn't get it out until you got the cast removed? And it smelled <laughs> no, really like, bad? Oh, it definitely smelled really bad. I remember I had a hookup over and like the smell of my cast was turning me off. Like I just was like, I had to keep it. And oh God, have you guys ever broken arm? No, I broke my ankle once. Oh no, I broke my wrist. I had a cast on my arm. Yeah, Yeah. the smell is ungodly. When they took it off, I was like, oh, and then I looked at my little arm and I was like, it looks like a little alien arm. Yeah, it's It's, like like, so so tiny. Yeah. A tiny baby arm. Oh, I, okay. Actually, I'll just give you one quick story. I blacked out, woke up, and was with. So, like, when I would drink, I sometimes I would black out and wake up like with a really scary person in a motel. Okay. And sometimes I'd black out and wake up with someone who was so hot. And I remember waking <laughs> up, blacking out, waking up. I was in Hancock Park in this beautiful house with this hot guy like 10 out of 10 crazy hot like impressive that i pulled this person had a surfboard in his house surfboard yep and i was like damn this is working for me and i was covered in my own jizz i came the bed in my sleep and he thought i peed myself and i had a full-on wet dream oh my wait after the sex (laughs) after the sex no we never had sex because oh. I passed, because I was just like such a dead body where I would party. And by the way, I feel like all the, the quote unquote funny stories I'm trying to tell are actually really they keep taking a spooky. real dark turn. <laughs> we have um, a history of of this on the show where we're like, thing. tell us I, something I, wild and crazy, and they're like, trauma, 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 trauma. <laughs> I used to black out like a lot, a lot. Now I yeah. only do it rarely when I want. When I when Great. I make it that, the point of the evening, that's good. I I didn't think I didn't know that blacking out wasn't normal. I I blacked out every night for like oh, wow. years. Oh someone, yeah 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 yeah. Someone Same. was like someone was like oh so and so's blacking out. I'm like is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> I was always like I would wake up at home and I'd be like I don't know how I got here and I don't remember the last four places we went to, but I'm glad yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I have my phone and stuff. And yeah, yeah I thought everyone <laughs> else was blacking out with me. Yeah, I feel like if you have your phone, you're fine. Yeah, absolutely. You're, everything is controlled. So yeah. listeners, if you were to take one piece of advice from today's episode, it would be, if you have your phone, you're fine. You're fine. You know what? You're fine. So Jimmy, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Guys, I'm, I'm <laughs> everywhere you don't want to see me. Okay. I am on, on the gram, on TikTok, YouTube. Um, yeah, just putting out videos and all that stuff. And um, I'm on the show that's actually going to be premiering on, wait for it, Grinder. Hey! Oh, 
I think Chester was there. Yeah, Chester was there. And you were bleach blonde. You really love to commit. Yeah, they were like, hey, we're going to make you change your hair. I'm like, I'm totally cool with that. But then they changed my hair kind of neon mm. and Grinder hated it. They were like, this oh, makes this character really notes. unrelatable. Yep. Network notes from Grinder. Yeah, they were like, this character is now so unrelatable. By the way, the character just is truly unrelatable. So it's like, <laughs> regardless of his hair. Um, and then they're like, we're going to do we're going to actually do platinum blonde. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the director was like, now Griner wants you to do honey brown. And I'm like, babe, that's my actual normal hair color. <laughs> so we're going full. Oh God. You've been around the world. Aye, aye, aye. Um, and your, your Instagram and your YouTube channel are just your name. Jimmy Fowler. Yep. At Jimmy Fowler. So if you are not in the know, go check out all of Jimmy Fowler's work online. And, uh, we thank you for being with us today, thank Jimmy. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you, guys. You guys are so funny. And Meatball, I didn't even know you knew me. I literally was talking to someone. I was like, God, Meatball is so funny. And they're like, yeah, he's great. And I was like, I don't even think he knows me. Yeah, I know you. You know, we talk, I talk to Nicole Byer about you all the time. She thinks Rude, you're so funny. Nicole. Yeah, she's great. Okay, well, thank you all so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod. Send us an email at sloppysecondspot at gmail.com or call it with your fuck talk story to 213-536-9180. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly or Spicy as Meatball or Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Uvu Javer! Uvu Javer! Okay, bye. 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 Doodle doot doot forever. Dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.